This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, greetings. You're on Deep Background for Wednesday, November 9th. I didn't have to even look at my watch to know the date because we're here <laughs> the day after November 8th, which was just an astonishing day in American history, political history. Um, uh, you know, we've been talking about this race for months. Everything we've said has been wrong. Uh, so what we say to you today may or may not be on the money six months from now, but uh, I'm with Steve Kraske of KCUR's Up to Date. Hi, David. And uh, Scott Cannon with the Kansas City Star. Well, Steve, let's. Uh, I'll start on my left. What do we think we know this morning about the race for president of the United States, and more broadly, the Republican, the clear Republican wave uh, across the country that maintained the Senate, that took out Democrats across the board in Missouri? What do we think we know? What do we think we know? Uh, let me start with the easy thing. I, I think more uh, closer to home here, the results in Missouri were, it was upset after upset, both Chris Coster, the Democrat, Jason Kander, Democrat, leading in the polls, heading into last night, both got uh, trumped, to to use the word, by three or four points each. And I think the easy analysis today is that Donald Trump carried Missouri by nearly 20 points, an absolutely staggering margin that no pollster foresaw, and certainly we didn't hear either. The Mason-Dixon line, if you borrow the term in Missouri politics heading into Tuesday, was that if Trump won by 10 or more, that would carry Republicans across the finish line. He doubled that total. He won by 20. So if you're looking for an easy explanation for why an insider right, like Roy Blunt won in the year of the outsider, why uh, a young outsider quotes around that word Jason Kander lost uh, last night. You have to begin to look at Trump's performance. Every Republican statewide office holder in Missouri owes Donald Donald Trump a debt of of gratitude and some thanks today because, again, arguably, he carried the whole ticket across the finish line. But that begs the question, Scott, how did Donald Trump win by 20 points in Missouri? Now, let's leave polling out of it for a minute, because I think the polling industry is under some siege this morning Some well. siege, yeah. But how did No Donald one's ever going to look at I him mean, again. Did, did, did any of us think he'd win by 20 in Missouri? No, nobody did. I'm sure the Trump people didn't think he'd win by 20 in Missouri. The Republicans didn't think he'd win by 20. They, no. they thought he'd win, but not that amount. How did it happen? Well, that's what we'll all be stroking our chins about for years to come. I, You know, the obvious answer, I guess, which is, you know, Occam's razor is that People were fed up, throw, and they wanted to throw the bums out. And he was the guy. And I think, I don't, I don't know why he he did particularly well in Missouri. To me, I right. I'm using that just yeah, as, no, a, I, as a I, yardstick. I, I, I just were talking to some colleagues, and I think what he did was he took the, the the sensibility of social media, which is to be the loud guy in the room, who who isn't delicate, who's not afraid to offend, and that's what what 
gets you attention. And I'm not saying he won it through social media. It wasn't his Twitter account that won it, but it was that sensibility, the reality TV idea where the the, the anti-hero is the hero. Right. Um, not saying he's a bad person, but that that sensibility, again, is what drove his campaign. And people saying, you know, they were they're fed up with Clintonism, I think, was a, a, a good part of it. Right. Plus, they, they, you know, built on a lot of disappointment that maybe um, Obama didn't bring all the hope and change. You know, Obamacare worked sort of, but needs fixing. That all those things together kind of yeah. pushed him. My own view is... And, you know, this may sound a bit esoteric, but my own view is, uh, and I think it's informed a little bit by being a newspaper reporter, by the way, is we're in a time of just extraordinary change. I mean, really unprecedented in my lifetime in terms of how things work, how your job works, how your health care works, where you get information, just enormously dislocating and multicultural change. I mean, we're arguing o- over where kids can go to the bathroom in school. I mean, that it, it's just an, an, an astonishing time to watch societal change. And I think people are terrified by that. And so uh, terrified is, sounds pejorative, but, I, you know, I think that there is a sizable voting block that says, in essence, we need to go back to a safer place. And they saw Donald Trump as sort of I think of that's very well said. A safer place. And a, Trump's a response place. is basically, the answer is pretty simple. Let's just get tough on this, Precisely. on immigration or whatever issue you want to talk about. And that's always appealing. Right. I mean, if you're and, in Michigan, if you're in Saginaw, or you're in Wisconsin, or you're in central Pennsylvania, the idea that there is a person who, A, understands what you're going through, which I don't think Hillary Clinton in a million years communicated, and B, has a simple way to solve it, a way that may offend a lot of people, you know, get rid of the Muslims and build a wall and all these things, but I have the solutions. You know, one of the most telling lines in this whole campaign was, I alone can solve it. And I think for people who are struggling to pay bills and don't understand why if you bounce a check it costs $35 now, that has some extraordinary uh, appeal particularly when the Democrat did not appear to make, in hindsight, an effective argument on the other side. You know, here's a theory and something I've thought about for a while, really, ever since Barack Obama took office. You know, when he came in, the expectations were so high, so so unreasonably high, based on the campaign that he ran, that the country, I think, has been reacting to some degree ever since, that you know, the, the hope and change that was promised never really happened, that Washington let them down somehow, even though I think it's possible to say that at the same time that President Obama's approval ratings are higher than they've been and since he, he took office, and that's an extraordinary thing in and of itself. But, but the country didn't get everything that it wanted, all of the problems weren't resolved, and there's just been this recoil against Washington you know, in the offing here with this election. David, I think you said it very well. People are nervous. People are scared. Donald Trump appears to present some easy answers, and they latched onto that with a vigor last right. night. Right, and, and a promise, in, in essence, to return to a time that was more understandable, which is why I think it has some resonance, particularly in rural areas, which tend to be older and, and, and you know, have a fondness for a time in which the questions didn't seem as complicated or 
as weird as they do And now. I think you also have to conclude that, that, that Hillary Clinton simply didn't connect, didn't make the case. Everyone, it's a cliche now. She's a flawed candidate. She was a flawed candidate. She couldn't deliver the vote in the way her husband could connect. Why? Bill, Why? Bill Clinton looked— because she wasn't a connecting kind of She wasn't candidate? a connecting kind of person. She could didn't she have won feel she people's had, pain. Could she have won in, in, under any scenario— now, let's be clear, by the way. She she may win the popular vote. That's a whole other discussion. Looks like she's going to, yeah. Looks like she may win the popular vote, which, again, suggests that for all her problems as a campaigner, her message resonated with 50% plus one of the electing populace. But for a Democrat— So what lesson do you take from that? For a Democrat, though, to fall short or appear to fall have fallen short in Pennsylvania— Michigan, Wisconsin, the great blue wall that was so, you know, uh, trumpeted uh, before the election. That says something about the, the failure of the brand, her brand, the Democratic brand in states that have been Democratic for a very well, long I time. Don't well, I, I think the, the brand was flawed less in the fact that maybe she wasn't a great speech maker or that warm matters. and cuddly enough. I th yeah, I think it matters. But I think what mattered more was all these conflicts these ethical conflicts she had going with the Clinton yeah. Foundation. Of course. And the emails weren't, you know, exactly about the conflicts with the Clinton Foundation, but they they re reminded us constantly, as did the WikiLeaks stuff, that, that she was always playing a game. So when she says she's been working for you, we're stronger together, well, no, it sounds like you're stronger for yourself, Hillary. They were lines. They were lines coming from her, not things that she felt inside. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, don't disagree yeah. with that, but but but... Again, she wasn't a candidate in isolation either. I mean, Donald Trump, you know, talk about a game. I mean, did, lost a billion dollars, didn't pay taxes, right. gropes women, bankrupts four times. I mean, it isn't as if, let alone his own strategic decisions in the campaign, to say things repeatedly that we thought were disqualifying. By common agreement, he lost all three debates. His His... Convention was, by common agreement, a shambles. He went through three campaign managers in about four months. He had uh, half the fundraising she had, didn't advertise in battleground states, didn't spend that much time in Wisconsin or Michigan until the very end. I mean, I, I, you know, while I think we can blame her for failures, very real failures, something is happening that we don't in terms of just this, the, the raw machinery of politics... Let's push back they, against the elites, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, which is just another way of my argument that I think people think the change they're going through in their lives is brought to them by elites who have no, yeah. no uh, uh, you know, toe in the water in their world. And that, by the way, is media times 10. I mean, I think... We've all felt that, that people think that somehow we're speaking to an audience that doesn't work in Saginaw, Michigan, and I think there's an enormous amount of pushback from that. And and were Trump a mainstream Republican candidate, I would get it, because I think there is a huge, a huge issue with a disconnect between the uh, elites, the educated, the, you know, I, I'm trying not to be too pejorative about it, but for, you know, universities, media, business leaders, there's a huge disconnect between those folks and traditional blue-collar folks. I'm just, I don't get how Trump was able to exploit it. He, Donald Trump is a human being. D Donald Trump is a candidate. Well, and, and, Other and, and, than he talked to them, but... But unless we're ready to believe that that sort of blue-collar person is willing to ignore 
the norms that we think apply in politics, which may be the case. Maybe they're so mad at the elites that they'll listen to a guy who says things that would be disqualifying under almost any other circumstance, that maybe that's where we are. And I, 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 sometimes I think maybe we, we reach too far. I think your statements a few minutes ago resonate, and yeah. we, we've heard it before. People are scared. He seemed to present and offer some solutions. He is a force of nature in American politics, unlike anything we've seen perhaps since, well, <laughs> Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan. But, but these are people who... But he's, who more, he's more out of the norm than they were. Completely. Yeah, but he, but he's such a presence. He he's someone who who, who is is, you know, he, he can't be overlooked for a second anytime anywhere. He's he's just he has dominated the landscape and the conversation from the moment he stepped into I think the, the race. The, and the, the hardest thing for us to figure out is, I like to do thought experiments, and one might be. What if it had been Ted Cruz against Hillary Clinton? Who wins that race? If we're right about this angst and this pushback against elites, Cruz would have spoken to that as well, so maybe Cruz wins. But maybe Cruz doesn't have the kind of dynamism in places like Saginaw or, or Wisconsin that, that a Trump would have. It would have been a whole lot more on social issues, too. Yeah, I, right, and more on social issues. Although, you know, at one point in the campaign, Donald Trump said if women who have abortions... <laughs> should go to jail. I mean, again, it, 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 when we look back, I think the central question for both political parties, frankly, is, is this guy a black swan or is this a unique change in the way people have to address the public? The, I, the black swan is one. So that in itself right? changes it in part because the imitators will be endless. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, well, you had a quote in your story today from from uh, Claire McCaskill, uh, the Democrat, who said, in essence, Donald Trump is going to have to learn how to work with Congress. Donald Trump doesn't have to do shit. We're on a podcast, so I can say that. He doesn't. What does he have to do? He could play golf for four years. He, he did, wasn't elected on a particular agenda other than, I'm be, you know, I'll work for you, maybe the wall, maybe a few other things. We, the, the elites, the government, politics will have to come to him. On his terms, he won. I mean, he won in yeah, a way that nobody I understands. Know. I'm not sure I quite buy that. Well, why not? Why well, not? Just because <clears throat> it's 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 federal government, and the way the federal government works means <clears throat> bills passing the House and Senate, and these guys in in Washington all have these super egos and <clears throat> are, are you know. Yeah, but if you're they're, Roy they're, Blunt, you wake up here this morning, Roy Blunt, and Roy Blunt knows that Donald Trump dragged him across the finish line. Roy Blunt, in the end, was tweeting from Donald Trump saying, hey, vote for Roy Blunt. So do you think Roy Blunt goes back to Washington and says, well, now I'm going to screw Donald if I have the chance? I think the Republicans in both houses get together and say, this is the future for us. It's kind of this anti-establishment. But it's not the future if he didn't win the popular vote. He barely wins the Electoral College. Right. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's so many... He, yeah, you, he's, you he's, at, re, he's reviled in so many quarters of our country that I, I just don't think the path forward for him is an easy one, despite all oh, this. Oh, I don't think know? it's easy at all. You know? I think the country is more deeply <clears throat> divided now, fundamentally, than any time in my adult life, maybe. Maybe going back to 72, Nixon and McGovern, I mean, people, 68, certainly the country was roiled at that point. 
but you don't get the sense. I was thinking on the way, and it's like going to sleep and waking up, and everyone else is speaking Portuguese, <laughs> you know, and they yeah. all understand each other perfectly, but you have no idea what they're talking about. And I think we live in that world where half of the country doesn't understand what the other half is really saying in both directions. Absolutely. How do you govern in that environment? Yeah, it used to be the old cliche, you can you can have your own opinions, but you can't have your own facts. Right. Well, now we're in a world where everybody's got their own facts. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but Donald Trump, I think, proved facts don't matter. Right. Facts do not matter. And if, you, if you're in a government in which facts don't matter, and words don't matter, and politics don't matter, the, all the tools of politics that we know, polling data, all the turnout stuff, if those are crumbling, then, you know, I don't know. I mean, you don't want it to sound too dramatic, but self-government becomes very hard in that environment when facts don't matter and politics don't matter. Is that dramatic? See, I, that- I disagree with Steve. I, th- I think Trump will get things done or be successful with whatever agenda he decides to pursue. And the, I think the big question here is, He's spoken so little about what he thinks about policy that we don't know a great deal about what that agenda would be. But if I'm Roy Blunt or if I'm Sam Graves, I'm worried about my primary. And the primary voter is not going to want you going against Trump, not not these first two years anyway. And so he'll be able to, I, I suspect he'll be able to push through a big infrastructure project. I don't know how much, where he'll he'll pay for that. Right. Um, he'll, he'll get his guys on the court. Um, he'll he probably won't have a whole lot of problems. How's he going to get his guys on the court when you need sixty votes to do it, Scott? That's not going to happen. Well, I don't think the Democrats you know. have one leg to stand on yeah. to filibuster for four years. I mean, that's the well. Why point. wouldn't they filibuster for four years? Republicans were going to do it. Well, doesn't make it. It wasn't right then, and they, it's yeah, not right, right now. And it paints yeah. them as hypocrites, and they're, it doesn't. They're, they're going to fight him like crazy on, on, on the court. You need well, 60, okay, you need sixty Claire votes. McCas- You're not going to get sixty votes. Look at Claire McCaskill's member. prospect. If she wants to get reelected. In Missouri. In Missouri. In 2018. And she's filibustering against the... the Trump nominee. The Trump nominee after she was railing at the Republicans for not taking on Merrick Garland. Scott, look at American political history. The first midterm election of a new president is usually disastrous for that new president. Of course she'll push back against him, and she'll ride the wave of history, which might give her a huge uh, leg up when it comes to winning re-election well, that, so, in 2018. So, okay, so that suggests... And that sort of moves on to the next topic. I mean, the the level is, of cynicism that, that if you're right, oh, I, the level of cynicism is going to be off. Well, right, we so, thought it's been bad. It's going to get horrible. Right, well, right. Well, welcome to American politics well, the last 10 that, years. Well, not only that, but I, it, to your point, I think the Republicans showed that obstructionism can be a valuable tool because they obstructed Barack Obama at virtually every turn. The Democrats have never played in that sandbox the, to the extent that Republicans have. Maybe that page yeah. is about to turn. But here. so, what is the Democrats? It's not strategy. working for Democrats the way way it's going now. But what right. is the strategy? And it, and it definitely worked for the Republicans. It yes. definitely worked yes. for the Republicans. So, Great so right. So, all that does though is feed the cynicism. It doesn't heal any divisions. It exacerbates them. You get further them. apart. You get further apart. And, so, you know, my fear is it isn't that everyone is speaking Portuguese. It's that everyone speaks a different language that no one can understand. So what is the Democrat strategy? Not just in Capitol Hill. What do you do if you're a Democrat in Jeff City? What do you do if you're a Democrat in, in Topeka, Kansas? Do you is it obstruct is obstruction your only path? Your well, only? I, I think there's two different equations here. I think at the federal level, I've already pointed to the history, which suggests that Democrats may well end up having a much better 2018 than they did in 2016, given. 
the struggles uh, of the president's party at, at the first midterm, or the second midterm for that matter. Now, in Jefferson City, the equation, it strikes me, is completely different. The Democratic bench has been wiped out. Right. Uh, there is the, the, Missouri suddenly looks like Kansas when it comes to the vantage point of the Democratic Party. Where do Democrats, there, there is no seemingly obvious path forward right now. Again, with the one exception being, does Jason Cantor turn around and, and try to run in 2018 for, you know, for, for Senate? If Claire doesn't go, I mean, there, there might be a path there for the Democrats but you don't, you know, based you're, on what we're looking Democrats at. Democrats in Missouri hanging all their hopes on Jason Cantor. He, he was a great candidate, raised a lot of money, but he fell, I think, in the end, six or seven percent short. short. I'm not sure it's that much. My, my, yeah. Whatever it is, he, you know, he, we thought he had a, at least a puncher's chance of winning that race at, at the end, and he, he fell short. And it, and I don't know, it seems to me, Scott, that obstruction is a strategy that gets you 60% of the way there. But Rep Democrats are the party of government. If, you, if your only approach is to obstruct, you, you may, I mean, a lot of folks are going to start to drift away and say that, right. you know, a pox on both your houses, particularly younger people who think it's all crap anyway. So I'm not sure obstructionism alone is the Democrat strategy. But if you were, if I were sitting here and the Democrats were all in front of me, I don't know what I'd tell them either. I, I, I don't know what to do. Well, I, I'm, I, I think, th you know, to appointments, particularly to the court, I think the obstructionism is, is wrong on the merits. And I think sometimes the merits also dovetail with right? politics. And I, I think that not they will very often, I make say. themselves bigger. <laughs> Boogeyman's yes, yes. by standing away on the court. Now, in terms of policy, so we, you know. Wait a minute. If the if the if if Donald Trump uh, recommends another Antonin Scalia for the U.S. Supreme Court, the Democratic base will expect the Democrats to to battle that with within an inch of their lives to stop that from happening, given the consequences to the country with the tilt of the court going forward if and their Scalia becomes a member of, of the bench. I mean, the base will demand that from, from happening. They're not going to back off of that. That's where, that's where the, the battle will be engaged. And, and Democrats will expect that from their members yeah, of Congress. But, yeah, but I think Democrats. you'll have enough red state Democrats. And, and you know, I think Claire is the well, great, Claire's, Claire's great a red example. state Democrat. And I, 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 is she going to say that you can't appoint anybody to the court for four years. Four years. No, or, no I didn't say that. I, I know, but that, that, that's, that's how it'll play. If she, if you know, unless it's there, there's there are actually skeletons in the closet of the particular nominee that come to light. But if it's just that this guy, I disagree with this guy. I, I think she'll she would look petty, and she'd look particularly petty in a Republican state, and and would. Plus, pay a I price. think again, Democrats have the central dilemma of being the party of government. It's easier for a Republican yeah. to be uh, <laughs> obstructionist because they're more sort of genetically in tune with stopping government. But Democrats want to get things done, and you know, I think one of the central questions the court aside is whether whether Donald Trump thinks there's any any benefit to reaching out to some Democrats and sort of trying to find a, a, a you know a few things that he can satisfy them with I don't I know I mean I think say, he's gonna have to solidify his own base I mean, right. there's so and, many Republicans who right. are skeptical of this man right. and, and not willing to sign thing, off on his and I think it's true that the last thing that those Republicans will want is to see Donald Trump cutting deals with Democrats. I mean, we won. Screw them. We're going to eviscerate the EPA. You know, HUD, out of here. Obamacare, gone. Dodd-Frank, the Consumer 
Products Protection Bureau, or whatever they call it, gone. Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, gone. I mean, that's out of here. Just, you know, clean air rules, ethanol, just go down the list of the things that the Republicans have wanted to do. And frankly, I'm not sure Donald Trump has the knowledge or will have people around him with the knowledge to to stand athwart that. I mean, he's just got, yeah, great, sounds like a good idea, yeah, bang. I give him a little See, I think, I think that's his, his great um, weakness in terms of getting yes. things done because he is... The last person you know, to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, and he, has, he, he won't be tapping in automatically to the usual Republican players that would come in and be deputy secretary for transportation or whatever because those folks were alienated. He's, he, he's, he's shown that he's more likely to go to people right. he, he knows personally, maybe from his business contacts. So that's going to, I think his, his problem will be execution in terms of lining up the right people who put together the right bill rather than yeah. you know, the merits. Well, but um, let's just do, again, we're, we're gone a bit long, but let's just do this thought experiment. Let's say, I mean, I think Trump's biggest problem as president will be his profound lack of apparent interest in the nuts and bolts of policy and his willingness then to lean on other people to make policy decisions with which he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care about. I mean, what, you know, somebody's going to come to him in the first six months and go, you know what, there's a bill on the desk that would eliminate tax credits for wind energy. Now, does any, do we think that Donald Trump will, Trump will say, hey, give me a memo on that. What's good and bad about it? What's it cost? What would it bring? <laughs> He's going, yeah, great. Who's, who did it? Oh, yeah, it's Rand Paul. I like that guy. Bring him in. I'll sign that. Without any pursuit of the merits at all. And when you couple that with an idea that you don't have to deal with Democrats at all, I think the, what will happen in government will astonish people over the next year, year and a half. I think I, right I, guess, I guess I just don't think he's got the carte blanche uh, uh, free ride here that you're, you're describing. I, I just think senators like John McCain and so many other folks who have been skeptical of him from day one are going to be the adults in the room here. And I, I just don't see him running, running the table here. I also wonder which Donald Trump is going to show up in the White House. Is it the Donald Trump of the last couple of weeks who learned a very important lesson, which is if I hunker down within myself, I don't spew my, my wild you know, thoughts as, as, as I often did on the campaign trail, that I can be so successful. Look at the Donald Trump who gave his, his you know, victory speech last night. You know, a very different Donald Trump than we saw on the campaign trail. Didn't seem different to me at all. Oh, if he's completely different, no, David. No, no, he no, was no. he was lower lower key, more soft spoken. You know, I want to work with all Americans. When did he ever say I want to work with all Americans? Oh, he, said, he said that all along. He just doesn't mean it. He well, doesn't mean it. He, 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 he's, it's he a different today guy. Is in a room. Saying it's the same different guy we saw with Barack Obama. Barack Obama was one guy on the campaign trail. He becomes president, and some of the wind goes out of that sail. Which Donald Trump's going to be in the I White House? I think the reality is that Donald Trump is sitting in a room today and thinking, I've listened, you know, I ignored Kraske, I ignored, ignored Cannon, I ignored Helling, and look what it got me, the presidency of the United States. I didn't listen to anyone's advice, really, but my own. I didn't need experts. I didn't need knowledge. That's right. I didn't need to go. I, I can wing this thing. And I think his instincts are, A, to make it up as he goes along. He doesn't really believe right. in a lot of things. 
and B, to position himself against the machinery of government. And in that environment, the McCains and the Blunts are really he, he's not minor that actors. He's not that strong uh, of a president, David. Uh, he barely wins the Electoral College. You know, he's, he's, he's maybe lost a popular vote. He doesn't have this sweeping mandate that you're describing here. Well, I would agree with that if he were a normal politician, if he were McCain or Romney or anybody. But, but the way he, in essence, thumbed his nose or lifted the middle finger to all the institutions that we have worked to cover our whole lives. That is true, lives. but that doesn't suggest that Congress is going to be in lockstep why with him from Cong day one. Right, but why does he worry about what Congress thinks any more than he worries about what you think because, or I think? Because he he's worry about what anybody thinks. Right. He'll, he'll he's not, he's not, he doesn't work in a vacuum. He, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's one leg of a three-legged stool, yeah, stool yeah. here. And, That's and, the difference. And he is in a position now where he can say to Congress, you've got to come to me. I'm the president of the United States. I beat all of you. I beat all of you. I well, didn't that just may beat be, the and let's see if that I works I beat everybody. You've got to come to me. And I just don't think Roy Blunt is the guy now sitting down and thinking, boy, this is really my chance to do X, Y, Z. I think they're going to wait for him, and it's it's going to be just just government by the seat of our pants. He's not Superman. Years. He's not Superman, Well, David. we'll see. We'll see. One final question. We'll call it a day. Uh, already, I'm reading things about how it's our fault, reporters' fault, media's fault. We didn't, <laughs> we were false equivalencies and all this other stuff. It's clear that I made, to me anyway, that a major part of this phenomenon is distrust of what we do. How does that change, or does it? Or I, are I, we in a post-journalism world? I think we're world? moving into something that's post the journalism we knew anyway. I mean, the, the, the business is already the, the business model has already been in right. in serious trouble, and now you've got, you know, especially with Trump, but with candidates almost every level, feeling less and less obligated to be candid in any way with journalists. That it'll be harder for us to deliver something of value to an audience. Right. And like you say, we're in this post-factual world, right. and so what's what's the point of us? Right. And. Not only media, Steve, but TV advertising. I mean, you know, she outspent him four to one in some of these states. Yeah. Ground game, polling, data, anal, uh, analysis, conventions, I mean, all of those things out the window. Well, well, as we understand it. As we understand it, but it, it is... I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to have a convention again or that no one's ever going to buy a TV ad again. No. But if I'm a consultant or I'm a candidate and a consultant says, hey, you need to buy a thousand ads, I'm going to wait a minute. Why? Well, but, 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 Why but, but, can't but, I just go out and say, hey, I groped women and now I can get elected? Yeah, but what because candidate people for, will cover that. What candidate for Congress is going to sit back and think, well, given a choice between raising money and not raising money, uh, I'll skip the money part. They're, st they're still going to want the if money. You were a they're donor, still going to want to be on TV. If you were a donor, what would you say today? Yeah. What if you're a Coke brother? What if you're a, a big dollar donor? What if you're a labor union? Do you go to your members and say, hey, we really need to send a, you know, a million dollars to Jay Seide in the third district? I mean, you know, a week ago, the answer is yes, he's got a shot. Today, the answer is Trump didn't need that kind of money. Why does your guy need that kind of money? Well, I think Trump will be seen as something of a, of a creature within himself, a force of nature that, within that's himself. Really, and, I mean, I think I, th how well, we decide that will tell us a lot. About I agree with you broadly, Dave, that, that the I like to think of the political industrial complex right. sells a little bit of a bill of goods, but let's—I'm not. Let's not overreact. Had Clinton done a couple percentage points better in just like two or three states, 
we'd be sitting here talking today about, about the Trump smartness of the ground game yeah. and and that she had those smart true. commercials and he didn't and all that's that. True. So let's keep that in mind. But but, but, but I'm like I, th- I think your point is is correct that that the money that people are giving are saying, well, what's the point? Because yeah. you know I just see um, Candor's people saying today, well, you know. Our guy only lost by, let's say, it's five, whatever it turns out to be, in a, in a state where Trump won by 20. And they'll be selling that. But, but the other flip side is it didn't matter what you did. There's nothing you could have done. So why is right, there? Right. A, so, so to your point, real quick, who's the Democratic nominee for president in 2020? I mean, I, I, at this moment, I'm drawing kind of a blank. Michelle who's Obama. The, you know, OK. Michelle Obama. Think oh, about that for a minute. She, she won't, think about the pressure she, that will she, go on. She's not going to do it, David. You've got to find a woman, I think, because I think the Democrats I, I think, will really, really. I'm offended by to... the question of being this November 9th, <laughs> 2016. No, I'm I mean, just saying to the point of we're talking about how politics changes, what's going on. Well, you know, Democrats are so in the wilderness here. It's a, it's a cliche, but it's true. I, I, it, well, it's, to your point, if it's, I don't, I think it's less Michelle Obama. It's more George Clooney. Some celebrity, could be. somebody who's got a different kind God, of appeal. Yeah, what a world yeah. we live in. Yeah, it's not going to be know? Bernie. Let me just say one final thing. I know we've got so much to talk about, Scott. I, I think you're right that if a couple of points in Wisconsin, a couple of points in Michigan, and today Hillary Clinton is a genius, the first woman we've made history, and I get that. Uh, but I also think that Donald Trump did so many things that that in essence were were ten point hits to himself. I mean, he wasn't, if, if it's a two-point race between a, 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 a traditional R and a D, yeah, I get it. That, that, that it, we're trying to, you know, pay too much attention to it. But Donald Trump was the most unusual, unique, and arguably weird candidate ever under any normal analysis should not have won. And the fact that she lost by two points, you're right, is it, you know, we it, it would, might change what we're thinking, but it also suggests that something is happening here, but we don't know what it is, do we, Mr. Jones? Well, look, I've been on one hand and on the other hand, yeah. so we'll pull out the third hand here. Maybe we're really just—it's 2000 Bush Gore, right? The Democrat barely wins the the popular vote. The Republican wins the election. The nation is heart just divided. Right. And it, what I think maybe what this election told us in the end is that there were so few people. Who weren't going to be an R or a D? You know, all these independents yeah, are still, you know, ha- ha- you know, good number of them are R's and D's in in, in behavior. Yeah. But my point is that yeah, I think you're exactly right. But we understand George Bush. I mean, he, you know, there was. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying end, that it, it, that George Bush and at some level, George Bush and um, Donald Trump are interchangeable because. They were Republicans in the end. Yeah. And, and I, everybody I, votes because I'm an yes, R or I'm yes. a D. Yeah, I, but I disagree with that. That I mean, that you may be right that that's what people did, but they're not the same person. I mean, George Bush clearly No, I, I'm worked, just saying their yeah. prospects are, are but, in but, the end. But, but, that, but they're, a wild, they're, they're a giraffe and a right, bear. Right. The question is whether Democrats now, to your point, sit around and say, we need our own Trump. And, uh, you know, we need somebody that will go around with pitchforks in, in central Michigan and, 
and what that means for our But how that looks for Democrats two years down the road versus today might be two very different things. Maybe he'll be, President Trump will be a huge success, let's hope so, but if he falls on his face, we could be going right back to conventional yeah. politics in uh, 2020. Well, Steve Kraske with KCUR is up to date, and Scott Cannon with The Star, thanks so much. We're all, we've got to go do our real jobs. <laughs> Do we straighten this out? For the Deep Background Podcast, just a, a reminder, we'll take a bit of a hiatus because, frankly, we've got to figure out what the hell we just saw. And then we're going to come back in a couple of weeks and maybe broaden the uh, the uh, outlook a little bit and talk about things that are not just political but other stories that the star is involved in. For now, thanks to both you guys. I mean that sincerely. And I, 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 I think we'll look back on this someday in rocking chairs uh, <laughs> uh, as the most incredible time uh, that we don't understand. I, 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 you know, at the We're end of a long political we? career, we just saw something that I don't think, frankly, anyone has completely captured. And we've tried here on Deep Background. And we've gotten close, but I'm not sure we're completely there. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again, fellas. I'm Dave Helling. You've been on Deep.